Is anybody excited to be in church today? I want to welcome all you guys. I want to welcome those that are online tuning in from wherever you may be. I don't know how you follow up after a moment like that. I think Pastor said that I wanted to finish his message. I, I think he just knew he wasn't going to be able to preach after that moment that just happened. So that's why I'm preaching. He was supposed to speak today, but Pastor, that's why you had me speak. He's still in tears. I, I love our family. And um, I'm excited to be a part of that family. I'm the guy that his daughter married. Um, that's me. And so my name's Andrew. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, before I jump in, I just want to just make mention of some things that I think are really, really valuable and important uh, because God has all of us on a journey and he never is looking for anyone just to stay in one place. He's looking for you to take a next step because we grow. And how many of you know when you were three, you ate certain foods that you probably don't eat anymore. You, you grew, you took steps. And that's the same way with our spiritual development. I love this video that we just seen, uh, the open call for people that uh, would identify themselves as a creative person. Uh, these are spaces that uh, we don't just create here at the church to, to do what we do. We create spaces for you to take a next step. And uh, I want to encourage maybe someone out there that has been attending Celebration for some time. Maybe your next step is to jump on the dream team, to start to serve, to identify what that God gift is on the inside of you. I know Pastor Shree mentioned it today. Discover Course is a great place for you to take that next step. It could lead to some incredible things. It could lead to relationships. You think you're signing up just to help the church, but God actually wanted you to sign up because he had friendships that would take your life to another level. Uh, I'm excited about that. Something else coming up uh, in, in just a couple of days is our, um, our, our small groups. And you may be saying, what are these small groups? Here at the church, these specifically are grow groups. They're groups that are going to help you grow spiritually. Uh, on July 6th, we're actually starting two groups here on campus. The first one is called Freedom. Say Freedom. I know you may be thinking, what's Freedom all about? Freedom is just a group that is helping people live the life that God has for them. We all have like one area in our life that if like that area wasn't there, that man, we would be tearing it up. We'd be doing phenomenal things. Freedom is a class that helps you see yourself correctly, helps you see God correctly, helps you overcome the things in your life that are keeping you from your best life. The other, uh, the other group we have here on campus, is, it's a prayer group. And prayer is absolutely powerful. Uh, if we really understood the power of prayer, we, we would pray more often. And uh, this group is going to teach you what prayer means and how to apply that into your life. So if you're interested in that, or man, you're looking just to grow, go on the Celebration USA app and sign up for one of those groups that are taking place. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about today's message today. Before we jump into today's text, I'm just going to pray and we're going to get started. God, we just thank you for everything that you've done in this place so far. God, you see every person uh, that's here in this building. You see every person that's tuning in online, God, and you are well aware of the people that will tune in months and years down the road. God, I just pray that what is shared today would be inspired by you and you alone. God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, we are in this theme called Sand and Stars. It's more than just a series. It's truly a theme here 
at celebration, and Pastor Randy uh, has made mention of this just a few moments ago, but it's really trying to get us to open our eyes to the impossibilities that God wants to do in your life. God wants to do great things in your life. So many times we look at our current circumstance and we allow that to define what God can probably do. But God wants to uh, redefine you. He wants to do things that can change the course of not just you, but the lives of your children and your children's children. God has big things in mind for you. Uh, this morning, I'm going to start by reading our opening text. And there's a couple, of, a couple parts in Scripture we're going to read today to really set up what we're talking about. And our first part is in Genesis chapter 15, verse 2 through 5. It says, but Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and he said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. God presents his promise again to Abram. Abram, you are going to have a son. Abram's like, no, I got, I'm going to have to take everything you've done. I'm going to have to give it to one of my servants. And, and, and man, God, that's, that's not cool. And God's like, no, 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 no. Abram, you're going to have a son. Like you yourself are going to have a son. We, we, we get excited when God presents these great promises. It's, it's exciting when you hear sand and stars that God wants to do something more in your life, but it's funny how quickly you're reminded of your reality. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 30, we read uh, something here pertaining to Abram's wife. It says, but Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. Now, there is a problem, <laughs> The title of my message today is this, Problem with the Process. Problem with the Process. God presents his promise to Abram. You're going to have a son, but there's a problem with the process. My wife is barren. My wife can't have kids. God, are you sure that promise was for me? God, you promised me with long life. You'll satisfy me, but the doctor's report I got last week says different. God, you promised me salvation for my children. God, but they're still incarcerated. God, you promised me a bright future, but I'm still working this job over here that barely gives me anything. What do you do when your process and your promise just don't match? Um, God knew in this moment who he was talking to. He knew Abram's situation. He knew Abram's wife's situation, but God still had a promise in mind. And I want you to know today, God is not caught off guard by what you're going through. God is not caught off guard by what you're facing today. His promises for you are still yes and amen. But what do you do? What do you do? When you just can't seem to connect the dots. I'm going to have a son, but my wife is barren. I, can't, I just can't seem to connect these dots. I, what do you do when you can't seem to connect 
the dots, there's this thing in all of us that when we can't connect the dots, we start rearranging dots. <laughs> we start rearranging dots so we can, okay, well, if that can't happen, well, maybe this can, and we start rearranging dots to put us at a place of peace. This is what we see in the life of Abram. Abram, I'm going to promise you a son, but Abram can't seem to connect those dots, so they start rearranging dots. In Genesis 16, verse 2 through 4, it says, So Sarai, Abram, uh, said to Abram, this is Abram's wife, she said, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I, per perhaps I could have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai. With her proposal, so Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened ten years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had, he did the dirty with Hagar, and she, I just feel weird saying that word, like sexual in church. So they, they did the dirty, and, they, and so Hagar became pregnant. God promises Abram a son. He goes home. My wife is bare house. I can't connect the dots. Let's recreate where the dots need. What if you sleep with my servant? Maybe then you'll have a son. I want you just to take note of this. Just because something is a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. Just because something is a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. Just because it's a good, just because I can doesn't necessarily mean that I should. Just because you can do that doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Uh, what really inspired this talk today was something Pastor Randy said a couple of weeks ago. And he said this, an opportunity is not a leading an opportunity is not a leading. Um, as a believer in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is my helper. He will lead me into all opportunities. No, he will lead me into all truth. So just because an opportunity presents itself doesn't necessarily mean that God is in the opportunity. I want to read a couple verses to you that I believe are going to help you understand this. Psalms chapter 37 verse 23, it says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Notice it didn't say frustration leads the steps of the godly. <laughs> My needs lead the steps of the godly. My parents lead the steps of uh, unless you're 18 and younger, or unless you're under 18, then yes, your parents do. But some of you are 32, and you're still doing everything mommy and daddy want you to do. No disrespect, but God's plan is different than the plan that they have. And so you have to get a hold of yourself that God has a plan and assignment for your life. He has a plan and assignment. You're accountable to the Lord to direct your steps. Someone just got really mad, like, don't talk about how dare you talk about my mama. 
I'm the same way. My mom, my mom told me, no joke. She said, when I was in, uh, in, in high school, Andrew, you're going to marry yourself a Christian girl. I said, well, I'll never date a Christian girl. First off, a Christian girl would never want to date me. And sure enough, I married Pastor Andy's daughter. So shout out to my mom for that. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, not led by fear, not led by opportunity, not, not led by my emotions, not led by offense, not led by circumstantial situations. I'm led by the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit. It's interesting because the enemy, like Pastor Randy said a couple weeks ago, can also operate through opportunities. And um, when you look at Abram as he was um, presented this opportunity, it's funny the enemy didn't, didn't, didn't present opportunities or this didn't happen like day one. Uh, it didn't happen when, when Abram walked out of the tent and seen the sand and stars. Abram was super, super excited. This happened like years later when he was in a place of frustration that that opportunity presented itself. Can I tell you, the enemy is banking on you to get to a frustrated place to, to, to present an opportunity to you. This is why when you're frustrated, you should not make any decisions because when you are frustrated, you are more susceptible to make the wrong moves. The devil is also an opportunist and you have to be really, really cautious what you say yes to. In Luke chapter 4, verse 13, it says, When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Until the next, he didn't, when Jesus was baptized just a few days prior to this moment, and God spoke and said, well, that, well done, my good, and whatever, this is my son, who I'm well pleasing. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not. I'm not a Bible theologian. I don't memorize every scripture. But it's in this moment where God audibly speaks down and he makes reference to Jesus as his son and he says, I'm, I'm pleased in him. You know the devil didn't show up waiting right there with the towel as Jesus got out of the water and said, hey, Jesus, you were just baptized. Hey, I want to present an opportunity to you. No, because he was waiting for Jesus to be at a weak point. He was waiting to find Jesus in a place of vulnerability. And, and, and you have to be really cautious when your emotions are driving you crazy because that is the moment when you are more susceptible to say yes to the wrong opportunity. It amazes me that people have this unique ability to hear God's voice when they are frustrated. I've, I've, I've met thousands of people at this church, and a lot of them have made moves. Well, God just called me to go do this. You've been angry for the last six months. Why didn't you hear from God when you were the number one dream team member, and you were killing it, and everyone was singing your praises? But now you're offended, and you just have an antenna from earth to hear the voice of God. Let's just be honest. When does God talk to you the most? When you're mad. Well, God's he's telling me, no, 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 no. Do not just say yes to opportunities because they're there, especially if you haven't prayed in like six months. You're not in your right, not mine. Your spirit is weak. This is when he's going to pounce. He's going to present an opportunity when you are most susceptible in your weakest, weakest point. Don't make moves just because you can not every good idea is a God idea. The enemy's crafty. He's super, super crafty. He knows what your weaknesses are, and he will love to accommodate you on the plan furthest from God's. 
But the reality is, is that not every opportunity is from the enemy. God also has opportunities for you. God also has steps for you. And this isn't like 100% accurate in any means, but just in my relationship with God and reading scripture, most of the times when God wants to make a move in your life, it's when it's most inconvenient for you to do it. Most of the times when God is going to pull you to go take a next step, it's going to be when you had everything going for you where you were at. Most of the time, Rob, can I get a witness? Most of the time, God, I'm, Rob, I'm going to call you to go, and you're going to start a school while you're playing for the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, no, God, but I got this figured out. Most of the times when God is really going to make a move in your life, it's going to be when you don't want to do it. If you're really like, God, I can't, I want to move, I want to move. Chances are there's still something for you to learn in the season that you're in. But that's just a little side note, just to, just to take note. That's not always the case, but sometimes God's going to, Ask you to move when you don't want everything. It's when you got it all figured out. So what do you do when these opportunities present themselves? Because not every opportunity is from the devil. God has some opportunities. There's two things I want to say to you that I believe can help you as we make better decisions in our life. Number one, I've got to pause. Number one, when an opportunity presents itself, I've, I've got to pause. I've got to pause. I've, I've got to pause. I want to read this quick story, just a picture of Jesus and what Jesus does when opportunities are presented to him. In John chapter 11, verse 1 through 6, it says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. This is Jesus' friend that is, like, really, really sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Uh, no, it happened for the glory of God, so the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus, although Jesus loved uh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. When an opportunity presents yourself, sometimes you just got to pause for a moment. Something that I've learned and been taught is that if it's a God thing today, it'll be a God thing tomorrow. I'm not moved by pressure. People can't pressure me because God is not in the pressure. God is in the leading. When you're ready to make a move, before you make the move, if you feel like you're pressured to make the move, pause for a moment. I'm not saying it's not a God thing. I'm just saying if it is, there's nothing that'll keep it from not being there tomorrow. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta pause. You just gotta pause. I'm horrific at this. I hate pausing. I'll, and, and, I, and I've got a lot of lessons that I've learned. I'll never forget one time. I'll share this story. What time is it, 10, 15? This one time I was in church on my phone. I shouldn't have been on my phone, but I was, uh, our, my wedding day was coming up, and I was trying to raise some funds. They didn't have a GoFundMe thing then, so I had to raise funds myself. And I was buying and selling stuff off Craigslist, specifically dogs. I'd buy dogs, and I'd make them look really pretty, take better pictures, and like double my money, doubling, pit, doubling on pit bulls. Listen, you might think that's mad. I didn't tell them. I just said they're going to go to a good home. I didn't necessarily mean my home when I bought them. I meant I'm going to. They're going to get to get on, so I'm buying these dogs, and, and I'm so close. I needed like $2,100 for this cruise, and, 
and I'm, I'm like so close, and I see this chocolate lab for free, like a chocolate for free. This is all profit. Even if I sell it for 200 bucks, it's all profit. I'm in church, and I see that Pastor Randy's preaching. I'll also remember, God is a God of order. So when God talks to you, if what that opportunity is is not in order, it's probably not a God thing. If, if God has a job for you, but you're going to work 127 hours a week, it may not be a God thing. If you're married today and the guy sitting across looks really handsome and you feel like you're supposed to marry him, it's probably not a God because God is a God of order. That right there could eliminate 50% of the opportunities to get presented to you. So I'm in church, and I should have just known better. First off, Andrew, you shouldn't have been on your phone, but you're going you're gonna to do this. So I, I send a text, hey, I'll pick up that lab today. It's about an hour and a half drive away. It's going to cost me maybe 50 bucks of gas. But as soon as I get up, I realize, don't, don't do it, don't do it, don't, don't, that, that still, small void, don't do it. I didn't want to pause, though. I'm not a, I, I, my, I can't pause. I, I got to raise the funds for this. So I drive over there, I pick up this dog, I bring it home, the dog gets sick. And I have a tender heart. So I'm like, I got to take this dog to the vet. Cost me 130 bucks for the shots that I needed. I bring them back. The shots didn't work. I got to take them back to the vet. Cost me another 130 bucks. Before you know it, I'm like $500 in the hole. Why? Because not everything that seems like a good idea is a God idea. Sometimes you just, you just got to pause. You got to pause. Jesus, your friend is dying. Hurry up. Pause. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. The second thing that I believe can help us as we're maneuvering through life is pray. Say pray. pray. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When you're going through life and you're faced with the realities of life, your emotions get involved. Your mind gets involved. You can get to this place where you can't tell if it's God or if it's me. But prayer has this unique way of silencing your thinker because it's in those moments that you can't afford to make decisions from here you have to make decisions from here. And the only way you can make a decision from here is by silencing the voices of your mind. For those of you that pray by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to have you do that because you'd freak everybody else out that doesn't. But for those of us that pray by the help of the Holy Spirit, we have to pick that up again. We have to do that more often Praying in the Spirit begins to... Pastor Cherie, she's teaching next week on the Holy Spirit. This kid, she didn't even know that, but she should. That, it, if you think the Holy Spirit is weird, you're tripping. You are sitting in a church that was birthed because a man was praying by the help of the Holy Spirit on a baseball diamond. And honestly, where our church is going... Holy Spirit is back on that boat. He's been on that boat, but he, you're going you're gonna to see more. You're going to hear more. I'm telling you, he's... Pastor used to say this all the time, God started this thing supernaturally, and you better believe he's going to continue to do this, and he's going to complete this thing supernaturally. The Holy Spirit is your helper. And when you pray in the Spirit, it begins to silence the voice of your mind where you can hear from right on the inside right here. When you take time to pray, it silences the noise, 
And this is huge when you're making big moves. You don't go make a big move and then pray about it later. Before you move, you got to pray. Before you take a step, you got to pray. Before you ask that girl to, to, to be your wife, you better pray. Before you ask, you say yes to that man, you better pray. Before, be, before you take that job, you probably should pray. Before you hire on that person as the CEO of the you should pray. You should pray. Why? Because not every good idea is a God idea. Prayer will silence your thinker because all your thinker is looking for is opportunity, 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 but prayer will help you solidify where that opportunity came from. When I was, uh, and you guys can help me because we're going to close this. Um, these are the two points that I think are, um, you know, very, something we could apply in our life whether it be for small things or big things, I'd get in the habit of even, even in small areas, invite God into that equation. Like invite God, because God, God's always talking. The question is, are we listening? Invite God into every situation that you do. Pause. Pray. You know, as, as I was working on this message yesterday, I, I pretty much just felt like, well, that's it, God, like, pause, pray, hopefully they don't make dumb decisions, um, but God was like, God, it's, it was really, really late last night, I'm asleep, and it's like, you wake up, and like, you, you know, oh, that, God, that's what you, that's why we were talking about that, God, that's, that's why you were, you see, saying yes to the right opportunities, and like, getting it all right, like, that's awesome, but God's not up there in heaven checking off a list like, okay, they're, they're, they're two for five or they're, they're ten for ten on saying yes to the right things. And the, God's not up there keeping up a track record of what you say yes to and no to. He's, he's not in it to see you just be perfect. There's a reason why pausing and praying is huge. There's a reason why you shouldn't just say yes to every opportunity. And it's not just to get more Christian bucks with God. I just made that up right now, Christian bucks. But actually, no, I think our kids have Christian bucks in kids' class. But anyways, I was reminded of something Pastor Randy had shared a few, a few weeks back about Abram's dad. About Abram's dad. And, and God said, the reason why you need to tell these people not just to jump on every ship that's leaving or not just to make decisions because they can. The reason why they shouldn't do that is because they might be settling for less than God's best. The reason why you need to pay attention to these opportunities is because you might be settling for what God really wants to do in your life. You might be settling and missing out on what God wants to do in your life. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 31 through 32, it says, one day Terah, and excuse me if I mispronounced it, Pastor, I didn't study this. This came at like midnight last night. Terah's Abram's dad. He took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law, Sarai, and his grandson Lot, and he moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan. Say Canaan. But they stopped at Haran, and, or Haran, excuse my, listen. I, I may say it wrong. I, and they settled there. They settled in this place called Haran or Haran. They settled there. Say settled. 
and Terah lived there for two uh, lived there for 205 years, and he died while he was still there. He died while he was. You see, this opportunity that was presented to Abram years later, when Abram's wife is like, "Hey, here's my servant." What the enemy was banking on was that Abram would settle just like his daddy did. Settling was something that was common in Abram's family. And if you settle for less, your kids will have to pick up and finish what you couldn't. In Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abram. And he says, Abram, leave your native country, take your family, and go to the land that I will show you. He didn't tell him where to go, but Abram knew. Because it said Abram headed to Canaan. And I now got to do what my daddy wasn't willing to do. If you settle, you'll be okay. But when you're old and gone, your kids are going to have to fight the battles that you weren't willing to fight. Sand and stars has everything to do with you, but has more to do with the generations that will come after you. Opportunities aren't bad. No, they're not bad. But if it means you settle, it is bad. Be careful for what you settle for. God has sand and stars in mind for you. But it's not just for you. It's for your family. It's for your kids. It's for your grandkids. In Luke chapter 4:13 where it said that the enemy had finished tempting Jesus. You know what you know what the devil was doing with Jesus when they were in the wilderness? You remember what he was doing? Jesus, if you just do this, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. What was he trying to do to Jesus? Just settle. Set. Jesus already knew everything that the enemy was trying to offer him. God already had all of that in mind for him, but more. But the enemy was there on the scene not to stop Jesus, but to get him to settle. If the enemy can't stop you, he's just going to try to get you to settle. And I feel like way too many people over this past year and a half have just been okay with settling. But we have to wake up. We've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. If you have a plan B in your pocket, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Some of you right now are, are, are facing, facing illnesses in your body. And you're believing that God is going to heal you. But you also have a plan B just in case he doesn't. Get rid of your plan B. Get rid of your plan B. What are you preparing for? Get rid of your plan B. I don't have a plan B, man. This is what I'm believing for. I remember being in the hospital with my kid, thinking, am I going to take her out of here in a bat, like in a coffin? I had plan B. Get rid of, I said, get rid of that plan B. Go make plans to go to Disneyland. Go buy her ticket for Disneyland. Make, I, I don't have a plan B. If God said it, he will do it. 
God is well aware of your reality today, but the promise still stands. God is not intimidated about your process. He's not intimidated about your reality. He, when, when, when God said, Abram, you're going to have a son, God was well aware that his wife was barren, but that did not intimidate God. Why? Because God did not need Abram's help. He just needed Abram's faith. Can we believe again? Celebration. Can we believe again? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right where you're at. We're going to pray. And there's this, this, this story where Jesus is praying for Peter, and he specifically prays that Peter's faith would not fail him. That Peter's faith would not fail. And today, we're going to pray the same. We're gonna, when, when you don't have a plan B, you have no choice but to believe. When you don't have a plan B, you have no choice but to believe. I believe in this room, in this moment, even as we sing this song, I believe for some of us, we got to kick plan B out, out the door. I'm going to live and not die, period. With long life, God will satisfy me, period. My children will serve God, period. Well, you're like, well, at least three of my six kids are serving God. No, we kick the plan B out. All six of them are going to serve God. For some of us, we just got to kick plan B out the door. God's given you a dream. Pursue that dream and kick every other plan out the door. But I can't connect. It's okay. You're not supposed to connect the dots. He's God. He can. Just believe. And we're going to pray for another group of people that your faith wouldn't fail you, that God would give you laser light focus. That there'd be such a focus, there's a gift called faith that can show up on the scene and turn things around in a moment. I want to pray for you this moment and today, but I think for some of us, we just have to make some fresh commitments to God. God, I'm in it for the long haul. God, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a plan A kind of person. I don't have a plan B, plan C, plan D. I got God's plan, and we are signing up for that today. Fresh commitments. God, today, God, today, we just acknowledge that you are good. God, I just pray for every person in this room that is feeling weak, that is feeling like they just can't take another step. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would charge them right now in this moment, that you would charge them right now in this moment, that you would grant them a supernatural strength that would get them back on their feet. I'm praying for people online right now that have gotten really, really lazy. Holy Spirit, charge them. Remind them of what you've called them to be. Remind them of what you have called them to do. You did not call them to sit on the sidelines. You have called them to lead in the game. God, I just pray that you would charge us today. That you would charge us today with your anointing, with your power, with your strength. God, I pray for moms right now who don't feel like they can last another day. Holy Spirit, charge them today. Remind them who they are. Remind them of your faithfulness. Remind them that you have been there with them this entire time. God, I pray for every man that just doesn't feel like he's enough, for every man that just feels like he can't measure up. God, I just pray today that they would have a head-on collision with your love, that you would grant them a confidence that can only come from you. And God, right now we just make a decision to remove every excuse, 
to no longer take into consideration our reality, but the only thing, God, that we take into consideration is what you said you would do. Laser light focus. Let's sing that top. They that wait on the Lord shall renew new this strength. They shall mount up. There's strength coming to you today. Like an eagle. There's strength coming to you today. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. That's what happens when you wait. strength. They shall mount the joy of the Lord is your strength. You like will finish strong. You will finish strong. You will finish strong. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. What happens when you thank you God to wait on you Lord. God we're in no hurry God. God, we are on your page. We are on your plan. We are on your path today. So wait, I say, wait on you, Lord. Wait on you, Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say, wait on you, Lord. Wait on you, Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. I just want to close with this one verse for that one person that is trying to figure out how to make it happen. You're hustling, you're hustling, you're doing your best, you're working your hardest, you're trying to get ahead in life. In Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7, it says, For promotion comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one, and he sets up another. You are not forgotten by God. You are on God's radar. Don't 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 get complicated. Don't make this more complicated than it needs to be. All you gotta do is believe. 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 Yes, you are to do what God says to do. Yes, you're not to sit back and wait for him to do everything. You're, you're to make moves. Just make the moves he's asked you to make. Don't feel the pressure in having to figure it all out. We're not that smart. I know you're, you're 70 years old today, but you're still not that smart. God is still God. You're still his son. You're still his daughter. He's still looking out for you. You know God cares about the things that you care about way more than you care about them. Wow. Like the things that keep you up on night, they, they're on God's mind. God cares about your kids. So don't stress about them. Just believe. Just declare. I know, but I don't feel like that's getting anything done. No, it is getting something done. Because when you believe, you give God permission to be God. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads just one more time.
If you're in this place today and you don't have a relationship with God, and you want a relationship with God, not, not with church or religion, but you want to know God personally as a friend, the Bible makes it clear that there's nothing that we can do to earn that. But Jesus, he came on the scene. He lived the perfect life. He did everything that we could not do. And he gave his life up for you. When he died on that cross, what he did is he fixed a system that was broken. There was a disconnect between God and people. But because of what Jesus did, that disconnect can now be reconnected. And you can connect with God on a personal level today, not because you're good, not because you're in church today, but because of what Jesus did for you. That's how much God loved you. He could have left us hanging, but he didn't. He sent his son to die for you so that you could know God, not intellectually, but personally. And the Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? If you can put your confidence in what Jesus did for you, and you can receive and say, you know what, I, I, I receive of that gift, uh, that's all you got to do. And the Bible says that your eternity is secured in heaven, but not only that, things can begin to change for you here on earth today. If you want to make that decision, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer after me. And just because we're all family here, I'm going to ask us all to pray this together. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me and that you died for me and that God raised you back from the dead for me. Today I call you my Savior and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with those that made that decision today? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 